Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Ben Samuels, and this is another episode of Coffee and Liquidity, the podcast that sits nicely at the intersection of curiosity and business. The American dream can mean so many different things to so many different people. There's no one right answer. There's no one right path forward. But let's talk about ways to set yourself up and your family up for financial freedom in the future. All right, guys, we are live with uh, Bart Lawson, the uh, Vice President of Investor Relations with uh, SGR Energy today. Uh, looking forward to a good conversation. We've got a number of topics that we're going to get through. For those of you that have listened to both Coffee and Liquidity and Don't Let the Facts, with, uh, you know, which is the other podcast that I'll be doing later today with Ryan Ray. But with, with that, uh, Bart, appreciate you joining us today. Looking forward to uh, getting into some stuff and, and hearing a little bit more about the SGR story. Uh, with that, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, you know uh, what, what uh, SGR does and uh, a little bit about the story there. So the company is called SGR Energy. We are a blender of uh, heavy fuels for power generation. We supply those down to the Caribbean and Central and South America. And we also are blenders of IMO 2020 compliant marine fuels. So a couple, well, I guess in 12 or 13, the uh, International Maritime Organization, which is part of the UN, said that on January 1st of 2020, ships will go from a 3.5% sulfur in their soot and their exhaust to half of 1%. That took effect last January. We've been contacted to deliver at least one contract so far. We're working on that. We'll get into that probably a little bit later. But our CEO started in this business in 1990 as a tank truck driver. He worked for his mentor for about 18 years until until David passed. Um, had the opportunity to start this up again about three or four years later. Um, we, we did about $5 million the first um, four years. I think he did right around $5, $5 million each year. And uh, we got some off-balance sheet debt and We've been growing. 19, we did 265 million in revenues. I think just under 20 million in EBITDA. And the goal is to uh, continue. Well, we started a share price raise, capital raise in 2016 when shares started at 75 cents because of profits. Uh, Tommy's goal is to give the investors between 25 and 30 percent of the the profits every quarter. Profit. Uh, the the share price currently is two dollars and 43 cents. And that's based on again the, as profits go up, sharing them with the uh, with the shareholders because the shareholders are, are trusting us with their money, and because they trust us uh, on the 23rd of May. And I can say this because we're a private company. Um, people always go, "Didn't this insider information?" And no, it's not. Um, but our share price is going to go up about 10 percent to two dollars and sixty nine cents. So we're we're growing, we're doing well, and um, hopefully in another three years and then another couple of years after that, we'll have a couple of exit opportunities and the shareholders will really benefit at that point. Yeah. Looking forward to talking about a lot of that and getting into some of the, uh, the, uh, the growth plans, but uh, first uh, curious, uh, you know, being in that business, being in the fuel business, what was uh, 2020 like? What, you know, what was the experience of COVID like? I know that you mentioned right before uh, you know we, we got on air that uh, you guys uh, had uh, decided to uh, get out of the office for a time starting in around I think you said March or April of last March, year. March, right? Kind of, walk us through walk us through last year and sort of what that was like for the um, from the business side. So the business side, the first quarter we had the best quarter we'd ever had. I think we did just over. I think we did about sixty million in revenues for the first quarter, and then COVID hit and everybody shut down and. Um, you know, oil got down to a negative $37, April 17th or whatever it was. And we actually made money that day. But uh, people weren't traveling to the Caribbean and Central South America. So they didn't need as much fuel for electricity. So our business went down. They said we did about 265 
in 2019, last year, we dropped about 40% to around 163 or 164 million in revenues. Still profitable, but uh, not as profitable because we did some things that will hopefully help us in the future. But, you know, business was not great for us. Um, ships, the, the maritime organization wasn't doing a whole lot of uh, transportation. And like I said, uh, the uh, the power generation part of our business really, really dropped. But we, Tommy is a, is a, is a master of all this and he got us through it. We're so, again, we're so profitable. We're still here. So that's, that's a number one. So that's, uh, that's great. And again, we're profitable and we're, we're building on what happened last year. So we're going to be okay. Mostly because of him or a lot because of him. Well, it's great. Uh, Clint, appreciate you checking in. I uh, says, uh, well, what's up, Bart? You come, you come tonight? He's got a pre, yeah, he's got an event tonight, uh, networking event, oil and gas networking event um, here in Houston. So anybody that's interested, you know, hit me up and I'll get you the information. Recently, I guess, uh, or I guess right around the time uh, uh, that COVID hit in March of last year, you guys came out with an announcement that you were um, working on a, a development in the Port Comfort, Texas area. What, uh, what can you tell me about that? What's, those, uh, what's the new update? Where, you know, where do you see that kind of building out and kind of what's the, uh, to the extent that you can, what is, what's the growth plan there? At the time, we were delivering, uh, we have a facility down in Barranquilla, Colombia, <clears throat> that we are in the process of buying, but we there for legal reasons we have to we have to wait until the the previous owner gets some things taken care of um but we are delivering we're delivering crude down to that facility for some clients that are that are using that facility we had made i think two loads before covid shut us down on that point but uh since then we've had some contact with some other people and it looks like if everything goes well and i'm pretty sure it's going to go well um, with the stage we are right now, that we are going to hopefully be able to run a pipeline to that facility at some point in the next couple of months, well, get a joint venture signed in the next few months, and um, hopefully we'll be running fuel out of that facility. We had a contract with a company in Greece, but they never, they didn't close on it. So, but that's going to be, a, we think that's going to be a, a big, uh, big piece of our future running fuel through there and, and some other things that may be happening too. You know, in that business, um, you know, it seems, well, I shouldn't say it seems, I mean, there, there are a number of very large players and, and then, uh, you know, there's intermediate and smaller. So, um, so you mentioned that you're a private company, you have uh, control over, uh, you know, not only share price, but also exit right. and, and things of that nature. Um, what, what is the, what is the overall sort of thesis on, on the company exit and kind of where, where the company would like to evolve to and what sort of, uh, what can you tell us about that sort? Originally when I got in here in uh, September of 16, we had planned to go public and, you know, X number of years. Tommy's goal is to get about $600 million worth of $6 million worth of assets on our books, get uh, EBITDA up to about $150 million a year. And with the shares that we have for sale and some other factors, we were going to have an IPO probably, you know, six years, four years ago, it was now. Um, but luckily that didn't happen because if we were where we thought we would be a year ago, we'd probably be in more trouble than, than not. But luckily we were positioned exactly where we're supposed to be going into 2020. We have some joint ventures. We formed a midstream company in uh, April of last year. And that company is working on the joint ventures I've kind of talked about a little bit. And that'll that'll come up with some storage facilities, uh, hopefully a pipeline, a tolling facility, 
and a couple other things that are in the works. But the plan right now is hopefully the midstream company will go public in 2024. That'll give us enough time to get uh, financials in place and and get everything set up so we can either go public or some other type of exit. That'll give shareholders, the original, the original shareholders, uh, opportunities for liquidation um, if they want to do that. And then at some point after that, either maybe the parent buys buys the midstream company, or the midstream company buys a parent, or somebody comes in and and merges with us, takes us over, buys us, not takes us over, but buys us or some other type of exit where there'll be another um, opportunity for liquidation for the shareholders at that time. And I, I think it's going to be a pretty big multiple at that, at that point. So. So I feel, you know, Bart, I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you this question, given that it's this week. Um, I'm just going to ask you the, the, the aerial question. You can take it in whatever direction you'd like. Any comments on what's going on this week with the colonial pipeline? Somebody needs to get better cybersecurity. Um, but in our case, yeah. in our case, um, I mean, we're, we're actually working. There's actually a partner there that have approached us to work with us on, on uh, the the cyber part of it all and, and doing the doing all the IT stuff. Um, but that's far down the line. But it's it's pipelines are safe. I mean, it, I think I, everybody has said it today. Um, even even Biden's uh, energy secretary said pipelines are very safe, even though he he shut down the the uh, Keystone. And I think that may be coming back fairly quickly. Um, pipelines are pretty safe. Um, I've seen more more uh, trucks and and uh, storage explosions than anything with the pipeline. But this pipeline that we're looking at, um, luckily it'll be in Texas, so we won't have anything uh, interstate that we have to worry about. Um, but I, I think they're they're a good thing. They're safe. Um, people they need to be monitored a little bit more, especially with everything that's going on in the world right now. Um, Cause it doesn't matter who it is. Somebody's going to be trying to do something to somebody. So what's been going on recently um, in, uh, you know, in the Gulf area of, uh, you know, Gulf of Mexico area in, in uh-huh. regards to an expansion of both import and export abilities uh, for, for different types of fuels. I know that uh, the last couple of years, that's been a pretty hot topic, but with the new administration, so what, where do you sort of see that, uh, that going? It's tough to say right now because when when um, Trump was here, things were looking at there was a whole lot of, of exit opportunities, and I think now it's more of a we need to quit doing that and bring and just do import. But this facility that we're talking about with with ourselves will have the opportunity to to either bring in or take out. It will. Okay. So yeah, um, can't say a whole lot about it, but the way it's set up now, it's going to need a whole lot of extra work. Um, but that work is going to be uh, make make the the pipe the connection that we're going to make is going to be larger than what's already there. And then, um, as I understand it, we'll we'll go back in and make what's there larger. Excuse me, um, so we can put more more oil through it, um, or either way. <clears throat> so that's gonna that's gonna be big for us and everybody else because right now, when when oil is running hot coming out of the West Texas. Corpus has is got a uh, bottleneck, and so does Houston. So mm-hmm. this this facility hopefully is going to give us an opportunity to have another 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 arm going to a port. 
All right, folks. Appreciate you listening to the show today. Hope you're enjoying it. If you're ready to start a podcast, if you're listening to the show today and you've heard something that has lit the fire under you and you're ready to go, check out Podbean. Go ahead and go to alderonventures.com backslash affiliate dash partners. One more time, that is A-L-D-E-R-A-A-N-V-E-N-T-U-R-E-S.com backslash affiliate dash partners. If you're looking for a user-friendly interface that integrates everything from publishing to management, syndication, analysis, everything that you need in an easy-to-use, intuitive podcasting package, check out podbean.com. It is the solution. It is the answer. One more time, alderonventures.com backslash affiliate dash partners. Back to the show. So, you know, I know that most of the audience, you know, most of the people listening to this uh, generically are probably going to be uh, um, you know, right leaning. Uh, that's generally, you know, the, the energy audience, especially on LinkedIn. Right. Uh, but I'm curious, um, you know, from your perspective, from, you know, from the investment chair, how would you, how would you, you know, sitting in front of someone that's skeptical about the energy business from, a, from an investment thesis only, I'm, I'm going to kind of bifurcate the, um, the, uh, uh, ESG piece of it for, for a minute, okay. because I think that's a driver for people, um, or yeah. a major driver. Uh, but in terms of the, of an investment thesis, how, how would you sort of coach someone through understanding where the energy businesses is now and, and you know, what part of what we're hearing is noise and, and where, where is, where is the real kind of story here uh, you know, as the business grows, you know, I'm just curious what, how you respond to that at, in your seat. I was at a party last week and, um, somebody found out that I was in oil and gas. And they said, uh, said something. I said, and you know, yeah, I'm in oil and gas and we're not going anywhere anytime soon. And, and as far as I'm concerned, my lifetime oil and gas is going to be prominent. Uh, and the guy kind of laughed and, uh, <laughs> he was drinking a glass of wine. I said, what, what's that wine? in?" he goes, it's a plastic cup. He goes, do you know where that plastic cup came from? He goes, well, plastic. I said, yeah, but where? I said, that came from oil and gas. I said the belt you're wearing. Those, you know, I'll just look at all the things they're pointing to and everything that's in our life right now has oil and gas in it. It's mm -hmm. not just the fuel, excuse me, that that goes in their vehicles. Um, you know, on the on my computer right here, there's plastic, oil and gas. Um, everything in your car that's not even in the engine, oil and gas. So we're not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, it's going to need some investment. Um, yes, we, we are going to need to turn greener. Um, but as we were all, all of us here in Texas found out in February, everything needs to be here because solar's not going to do it all by itself. Wind's not going to do it all by itself. Um, natural gas is going to be great and natural gas isn't going anywhere. And as cheap as it is, it can be used a whole lot, uh, for a whole lot of other things. So if you're looking for an investment in oil and gas, find a company that's diversified, um, Majors are fairly decent. Um, I will say ours is because with what we've got coming up next year with the outside of oil package that we're going to start figuring out um, because my CEO wants to have this company here in a hundred years, even though we won't be, um, you know, we need to adjust. And just like any other energy core, uh, component, um, oil and gas, we, we just need to adjust. And if we all want energy for the future, um, we are going to have some solar, we are going to have some wind, um, some hydro, but there's room enough for everybody and everybody's going to be, uh, 
um, everybody's going to be doing something with it. So I'm curious, you know, it looks like on the website here, it looks like you guys uh, use um, seven or you know, um, process seven different fuels and, and oil products. Um, explain, explain to me like I'm five. In general, how would you, how would you sort of explain the refining and processing uh, process in oil and gas to someone that may not be in energy, doesn't really understand what that even means? Okay. Where, where, like, where in the picture does that fit, and kind of explain the process a little bit for us. So, but so there's three types of three three areas in in oil and gas. There's upstream. Upstream is mostly the exploration, the drilling, and the production of crude. The midstream comes next, and that's the transportation, the storage, um, pipelines, things like that. Downstream is where it actually goes into the refinery, gets refined, um, and and goes to goes to your car or goes um, to to, uh, to make to, for fuel. We are downstream. Um, the, the bulk of our business right now is downstream. So when that barrel of oil that came out of the ground um, in West Texas gets through the pipeline, it gets to the refinery um, and it uh, goes through. And, and when, when a barrel of oil goes through the refinery, it, it, it gets pressurized and heated and, and all kinds of wonderful things happen to it. Um, gas gets taken out of it. Jet fuel gets taken out of it. Diesel fuel gets taken out of it. Asphalt gets taken out of it. Um, naphtha. There's, there's all kinds of things that get taken out of it. And what's left at the bottom of that 42-gallon barrel is about four to five gallons of what's called residual fuel, heavy fuel, six oil, take your pick. Um, we take that um, and we mix it with a some things that have already come out before and then we have some proprietary things that my CEO knows about and some other guys in the office um, they'll blend that to 17 different specifications depending on what our end user needs um, so if we don't use it where does it go it may just get put with something else and and burnt for flaring, if you will, um, which just goes into the ozone and the atmosphere, and that's not great for anybody. Um, but there's there's so many things that come out of oil and gas. I, I have a list around here someplace, but uh, I mean, just just look around and see whatever you touch right now is going to have something with oil and gas in it. Um, and it. And it all comes out because, it, um, I mean, asphalt on the roads is, is gasoline. And plastics, any kind of the pen you're writing with now, if, it, if it's plastic pen, it came from more like gas. I mean, um, these headphones that I'm wearing somewhere. So it's there's there's more to oil and gas than just the stuff you stick in your car and you and you use to uh, lubricate machines. All right. So you so you've sold me on the utility. You've sold me on the ubiquity. Let's go to Clint's comment here. He says there's great tax credits still available for oil and gas investments. Uh, tell us about that. You know, it has has any of that or what of that has changed with Biden and, and, and what's available there? I don't know if anything there has changed. Um, that's okay. upstream. And what that is saying is, if I'm correct, um, and I'm sure someone will will tell me if I'm wrong. Um, if you invest in a in a um, in an upstream company that's drilling, you can deduct most, if not all of that investment on your taxes, whether it hits or not. Um, so that is a great investment, um, especially if if your driller hits hits lots of fuel. Um, 
So there's there's that. And again, I think that's still available. I don't know if that's been taken away yet. But uh, that's the tax. One of the big tax things that people always ask us about if if we have that tax credit available and we do not, um, unfortunately. But uh, I, th I think we do pretty well on the other end. So. Now, uh, where do you, um, uh, do, do you guys have reach into the Permian or where, where does sort of the, the SDR network or is it all in the ports in, or um, in, the, in the Gulf? We start at the refinery um, mm -hmm. okay. because, because what we make can also be made by Shell, ExxonMobil, excuse me, um, all those guys, because they make it for them, for themselves, for their ships. Excuse me. Um, We'll start with um, either somebody like Valero because they don't have their own shipping that I know of. Um, and we will also go around to, we have the opportunity to go around to um, other places, stripper wells that are the, the pump jacks you see on the side of the highway sometimes since that somebody has. We can take that and use it as our base um, and, then, and then mix it up. So we don't, we don't, hit the majors that much but we do the majors do talk to us a lot in certain areas to work with them uh, what if any effect did uh, did you see um, um from uh, from your side um in february with uh, with all the ERCOT and the you know the power the power outage situation did that affect you guys not really um it would have been great if there were some burners in the in texas that used heavy fuel because we you know we may be at a supply some of it but mm -hmm. uh our type of fuel in the 80s and in 70s and 80s was was pretty pr uh, prominent um houston light and power florida light and power places like that used use our type of fuel um clinton made the uh pulled the AP epa together in the 90s and they decided that natural gas was the way to go for them um and natural gas is, is a good fuel um but for like a lot of our clients, it doesn't work well because you can't run a pipeline between, for Jamaica, instance, Jamaica and Dominican Republic or Antigua or something like that. So um, it didn't really affect us. And there wasn't, it, it happened so fast, we probably couldn't even deliver anything. Because mm -hmm. one good thing about us is we don't make an order until we have a contract to, to deliver it. I wish we could have uh, done something, but... We, we, there was nothing we could do. <laughs> fair enough. No, fair enough. Um, so, all right. So, um, so the, I mean, the other uh, thing in my mind, I guess, or, or one, I guess where we can go next is, we, you know, we talked, I believe, off air about uh, um, you know, the mutual fund space and IRAs and you know, mutual fund and you know, um, ETFs and, and that, uh, well, really the, the whole investment space seems to be uh, not, not only a very hot topic, but just a you know, runaway space right now. Curious, you know, kind of what you uh, think of that as an investment thesis, and kind of how you're how you're approaching that. And you know, um, to the degree that you know, you guys are a private company. Do you are um, are is your uh, shares you know, are your shares of SDR able to be allocated into someone else's 401k or other investment vehicles? Um, yeah. So so I mean, all before I got here. I mean, uh, all my IRAs and uh, 401ks and all that um, went into mutual funds. And uh, truth be known, my mother-in-law and brother-in-law are our brokers. Um, so, it's, you know, we just we gave everything to them. And um, 
So we got a lot of mutual funds and and personal IRAs. And then when I got here, I found out about self-directed IRAs. Um, and actually what I did when I found out about self-directed IRAs, which in the self-directed IRA, for those that don't know, is perfect example. I took money from my, my last job, the IRA that I had there. I took it all out and rolled it over into a self-directed IRA. Self-directed IRAs were made by um, the Job Act, Jobs Act that uh, Obama put in, in place, um, I think, in his second term. Um, but it allows you to take your IRA money and direct it where you want it to go. Um, previous companies said, okay, here's the six places you can put your money. Um, when it came to me, and I put it in a self-directed IRA, and there's numerous companies around the country where you can give them your money and you direct, you you put it where you want it. They don't have anything to do, but they just, they act as a custodian for your IRA. Um, and when I transferred it over, I still had the same tax benefits. I had the same, um, all the same benefits of an IRA, only I was the one that decided where it went. Um, <clears throat> as a private company, I could invest my self-directed IRA into, um, into us. So I took, all that money um, invested into us. You can also put it into an upstream, a driller or any other private companies. Um, I, I, we go to one event every year called the money show. Um, I met a gentleman there. <clears throat> I've been uh, for three years. I've known this guy and I finally got to see his presentation in August online. Um so I took some of that self-directed IRA money that I had there and I invested it in his private company. So there are things you can do with a self-directed IRA, a self-directed IRA that you can't do with money in your, your mutual fund or, or that uh, a Merrill or an Edward Jones or somebody like that currently has. They are limited in what they are allowed to invest in. Um, actually, going back mm-hmm. to my mother and brother-in-law, there's we cannot even really get into the the um, nails of, of what I do because of their licenses. So they know what I do, but uh, they, they really can't get into anything in, in the, in the bush deep dive about what I, what I do that much. Mm-hmm. But with a self-directed IRA, you can, again, you can put it in just about anything you want and you can, I've, I've put, um, I started a traditional IRA and I started a Roth IRA. If you do not have a Roth IRA, get one. Um, with with the way that taxes are going to happen in the future, doesn't matter who's in the White House or who's in capital, um, taxes are probably going to go up. And a Roth IRA essentially is you take $100,000 because $100,000 is easier for me to, to work with because it's $100,000. Um, and you, you put that into a Roth IRA. What makes it a Roth is you then have to pay the taxes on that hundred thousand dollars today. Um, today, meaning your next, your next tax um, opportunity. So I started this Roth IRA two months ago. So in 2021 taxes, I will have to pay tax on that money that I invested. Um, mm-hmm. But the good thing is if, if that investment of this investment goes where I think it's going to go, I don't have to pay tax on any of the money that I've earned. Um, so yes, it's going to cost me a little bit more to do it now, 
but in the future, it's quote unquote free money. So if if this investment that I if this investment investment in us right now, uh, I'm already looking at a 400% increase in my investment. Um, with an IRA, I'm not going to have with the Roth IRA. I don't have to pay any interest or capital gains at this point uh, on the money that I've earned, and I'm not looking to get rid of that investment anytime soon. So if it if it keeps going where I think it's going to go, or if you have anything that you think is going to be uh, a large earner, mm-hmm. it only makes sense because I think I seriously think on one of the investments I'm going to get probably a 20 multiple, the other at least a 10. Um, so it'll be, a, it'll be very nice to see lots of zeros behind those original numbers and no, I don't have to pay tax on it. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I, I, you, Barton, I'm really glad that you brought that up. I think that's one of those little things that people may not really realize the optionality there. And, and, you know, um, couple, you know, coupling those couple, you know, that those things together and actually having some, some true control over, you know, your, your destiny, quote unquote, is, is huge. I mean, and if you, yeah. if you happen to be in a position like yourself where you, you know, you work at a firm where you can invest in that and you believe in the thesis, I mean, what a, what an added value, right? Yeah. Um, and I couldn't uh, sell it if I didn't believe in it. And if I, and my opinion is I, if I don't believe in it and I'm not part of it, I can't sell it. So yeah, it's, it's a little easier from, um, from your side of the table to say, Hey, and also, by the way, I, I've, I've put everything of myself in here as well, as right. opposed to, you know, if, if you have the, if you're on the other side, it's, you know, what's, what's going on yeah. here that I don't know. Right. So I'll say, I, I don't have, I don't have everything in here because well, I, I have client. Well, no, the truth be told is yes. I have one client that I know his story and I know how, he got st- he got all his investment money stolen from us, and he gave me what he had left. And I said, I don't want it all. He goes, you're taking it all. So, an investment like ours, it's mm-hmm. it's a good it's a good idea to have around ten percent of your portfolio in something that is a little bit higher risk, but the payout is going to be a whole lot higher. So, again, I don't want all your money, but if you would like to make a little bit extra. My age, I mean, I need more for my retirement. So this this is a help for me. How would you sort of, I know, you know, uh, a large portion of, of investment portfolio diversification is usually just risk tolerance and, and things of that nature right. in markets. Um, but you know, within the energy space, how would you, in general, kind of paint the context of right now in the market, looking at um, you know, the different asset classes of whether it be real estate or hard assets um, versus mutual funds or ETFs or uh, you know, stop, pick a, pick a bucket. Where, where do you sort of see the most value right now? And I guess the reason I asked that question is sort of with the backdrop of there seems to be an incredible amount of, well, I hesitate to say inflation, uh, inflated value in the market. And, and so there seems to be, uh, you know, sort of, well, my thesis is there's a retracement coming um, sort of market wide. Um, <laughs> and so if, if, you, if you believe in that thesis, I'd love to be free to answer within that concept. If not, no big deal. Uh, but, but I'm curious sort of how you would approach investment in terms of asset classes going forward in the near term. Um, I was talking to a gentleman I know that is a commercial lender for, well, a commercial lender. And I said, why is, why are you so crazy right now? And he goes, basically, it's because interest rates are down. So right now, if you can, if you can go buy a, a house to flip or, or um, a multifamily apartment or whatever it may be, um, 
you may pay a little bit more for it right now, but if you can get it for what two, two and a half percent and lock that in for 30 years, um, you may cost you a little bit more on the property, but it's going to save you a whole lot of money and in, in interest um, over that time. So real estate, as as was it Will Rogers once said, they ain't making any money any more of that stuff, except in Hawaii where those lava flows flow into the ocean. <laughs> <making more. laughs> um, so I think real estate's a, a good thing. Um, mutual funds are good as far as uh, my knowledge. And that a mutual fund, you're you're investing in a whole bunch of different things. Um, if if it's put together well, um, they're good because you're going to have some some risk, some not so risky. Um, luckily, my brother-in-law's got us doing pretty well right now, so um, I haven't made as much there that as I have here. But um, you know, they're he's doing okay for us right now. And I think overall, um, like an oil company, I had somebody said they were investing in them. There is, as long as they're diversified, um, they're, they're going to give you something. Um, it may not be huge, but, um, you're going to get something. Um, I had a gentleman shareholder of mine that said that his mother passed and they had to sell a whole bunch of Exxon and a whole bunch of, uh, uh, some, uh, I forget what the other one was, but they took a bath because they had to sell it now. Mm-hmm. Um, so as long as you have control and you can wait things out and timing's everything, let's face it. If, if you, you know, there's the old adage of buy low, sell high, but if things are high right now and you know, they're going to go in the bucket sometime soon, because I think there's going to be a chain a, a fix. Um, you know, you just have to, keep an eye on things. Luck has a little bit to do with it because you see the, see uh, the trends coming and you get rid of things now or you hold on to them. So hopefully that helps. No, that's great. No, it's, um, you know, I, I guess uh, if you, you know, if you had invested in a lumber and Bitcoin ETF in like early 2020, you'd, you, you'd be super happy yep. right now. Right. Right. Well, <laughs> if, if you invested in Bitcoin, what, 15 years ago, whatever it was, 10 years ago, 2009. Yeah. So 12 yeah. years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, so even if you just, you know, it just dropped whatever, but if it dropped, you know, from 25 to 20 and you bought it a quarter, I think you're still doing okay. <laughs> am, am I allowed to pay, am I allowed to pay you for shares in Bitcoin? Not at the moment. <laughs> we we, we I, I, can't figure, we can't figure out the, uh, how it, how it would all be done in the price and things like that. Yeah. That, I mean, that, that, especially, I guess, uh, I would wonder if that would also open you up to some other sort of investor relation, uh, you know, regulatory uh, type Probably. involvement as well. Um, Cause I mean, I think there's some relatively streamlined ways uh, you know, that they're, that are in the market today to, you know, immediately convert that Bitcoin to fiat. But, uh, um, but yeah, I mean, that seems to be a, uh, at least, you know, I'm glad that you're not taking Dogecoin or any of these other things. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so, uh, I know that we've only got about uh, uh, ten minutes left here. Okay. Um, I uh, let's see, give me one second. So, um, so you, and I just really actually quickly wanted to make a a quick plug here. You mentioned the Money Show. Looks like that's uh, in Orlando, uh, June ten to twelve. Are you going to be right. going to that? We will. All right. Thanks for listening to the show. Really appreciate the support, guys. If you're from West Texas or another area in the country that 
doesn't have access to high quality fresh fish on a daily basis, you know the struggle of, you know, you just want a good quality cut of salmon, halibut, cod, maybe some lobster, shrimp, calamari, scallops, something. But you just can't find it at the supermarket. Guys, Sizzlefish is the answer. Mission is simple. They want you to eat well and live better. It makes a huge difference. They have a fantastic website. It's super easy to buy, subscribe, get discounts, etc. Check it out. Alderonventures.com backslash affiliate dash partners and scroll to the link for Sizzlefish. I'm going to go ahead and drop the link in the show notes for you guys. Check it out. Let me know what you think. And with that, let's get you back into the show. Thanks, guys. It's at the uh, the Omni Champions Gate, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the event itself is free to get into. Um, there are some some of the side events. There's so every the way it works is there's probably ten breakout sessions per hour and a half. Um, so most of those are free, but now they're gonna for some for some, I think we're doing one free and one um, you can pay to get in. Um, that's something that they're they're doing new this year. But I think right now there's probably 150 or so exhibitors. Most of them are going to, I mean, they're all money related because it's the money show. Um, anywhere from um, an upstream driller, um, gold guys are there. Uh, cannabis isn't quite so prominent anymore because it's, mm. it's going uh, legal in most of the states. Um, but if you can, if you can think about buying it, it's probably there. Um, you can think, figure out how to monetize it. There's there's somebody there to to sell or talk to. Um, but if you go to the Money Show and it's the Orlando, the event in Orlando um, in June, I think it starts at noon on Thursday. Is over about noon or so on Saturday, um, and then they'll have other events. I think the one in uh, Vegas is currently. Uh, set in September. That's the third, third date they've had for it this year. Um, and if you're interested in any other, any other things, just let me know. I'll see what I can send you. You know, it's fascinating. I feel, I feel like I'm somewhat plugged into the conference scene, like whatever, but there's just so many that this one isn't actually one that I've even heard of before you mentioned that. And, and I don't mean like this year, like uh, previously, just hadn't right. heard of it before. Um, I, but I'm looking at the speakers, uh, you know, uh, uh, docket here. It looks, it looks good. Uh, you mentioned that, uh, you know, the, uh, I guess untraditionally that they'll let you in for free to some of it, which is huh? fascinating because usually you have to pay like, you know, a thousand bucks to get in these things. Right. I, may actually, I may check this out, but uh, I don't know. But who needs a better excuse to go to Orlando, Florida in June? I right. Mean, you know, that doesn't <laughs> sound horrible. <laughs> right. Now, if you want one that you have to pay to get in, then look up Freedom Fest. Um Freedom Fest is the last one that we were supposed to go to in July in Las Vegas. Um, okay. As as you said, that we're we're somewhat of a, a right side um, of center. Freedom Fest is basically a libertarian, very conservative show. Um, I believe the one in Vegas was five hundred dollars to get into for three days. Um, same mm-hmm. type of thing as the Money Show. Um, Clint. Uh, um, Trump was there in 15, I think. Um, but it's it's pretty well, it's pretty well handled too. But we were, we had found out that they were going to go ahead with it last June. We or July, we got all our reservations. We did everything we needed to do. 
was a, as far as we're concerned, because it was a conservative um, group that was coming in, the governor of Nevada shut down the state the week before it was supposed to happen. So the guys that run it have moved it to South Dakota. So in August, I think, um, of it's going to be in um, South Dakota. I'll see if I can find it real quick. So, you know, um, I'll, I'll just throw this out here, Bart. I'm looking at the website. It looks like they take Bitcoin. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> but uh, no, this this one looks good. I've actually, I've heard of this one before. I have not attended. Have you been to the Freedom Fest before? We have. We went to the one yeah. in 19. Um, mm-hmm. Great event. Um, one of the gentlemen that I met at a money show said, you need to come to this event. He introduced me to the guy that runs it. Um, we sat down and I introduced him to... Um, the guys that run our team and they decided that we're going to go there. So um, this year it's going to be in, it's going to be uh, July 20th to 24th in Rapid City, South Dakota. And I don't think that, I don't think the governor is going to shut down South Dakota. She hasn't yet. No, she's been one of the more vocal ones on the other side. I think you, I think you right? guys are good to go. My, yeah. uh, my, my dad and I took a, a road trip last summer um, through, we started in, uh, in Oregon and went through Idaho, but then went through, what I'm going to get my geography messed up and, and seem uh, whatever uh, then through whatever Utah and then Utah and then Nevada. Okay. Yeah. That's what it was. Uh, but anyways, but I mean, th- through that whole, Oh, oh it, uh, well, what a, one of the other States, but through that whole swath is, yeah, is very right. much that. I mean, like no one cared like, like to see someone with a mask on even, and this was last summer. I mean, during the right. heat of all this, you know, la- yeah. uh, uh, to see someone with a mask on was a lot more odd to see someone with off, but I'll tell you what was really, say funny now it was actually at the time it was hysterical and i probably shouldn't say it that way on on a podcast that like other people are gonna be listening to but we so we, my dad and i uh, we love to go hiking and outdoors and so we'd be uh-huh. on a hike you know in the middle of nature and uh, you know like hiking up a mountain or whatever and we'd see uh, and every once in a while there'd be someone that would come be coming down the other side and like uh-huh. Wouldn't have the mask on, you know, fifty feet from us. But when they got right. within like twenty feet of us, would like put the, put the mask on, and then yeah. like you could see, you could like hear them like take it off as they're take like, it off. And, I, and I'm like, we're outside. Like, uh, like yeah. what, there's like four people within a hundred, like a mile. Uh-huh. Like, what are we? What are we doing? Yeah, yeah. Oh man, but uh, uh, I guess that's neither here nor there. Um, so, have you have you been to the South Dakota area before? Have you been? Out I to have that? not. So I'm no. excited because um, it's in Rapid City. So, you know, we'll probably figure out a way to get over and see Mount Rushmore and, and do a little bit of sightseeing while we're there. And are you guys going to be an exhibitor or are you going to go in? Yeah, we're an exhibitor. Yeah. Nice. Yep. We'll do that again. <laughs> and um, so generally on, at those conferences, um, do you find that, uh, that there's those are more sort of lead generation or, or do you find that there's business done and, and do you get things, uh, you know, what I'll call ink you know, at, at those shows or sort of what's what's the approach and kind of what's your what do you think is a win when you go to one of these things? Uh, we'd love to pay for the show while we're there. Um, and we've, we, we're, we figured out we're, we're still figuring out the formula, but we're getting mm-hmm. better at it. Um, so it's, it's, they have lots of choices while they're there. Um, we're just one of them. And I was talking to <laughs> one guy came around the corner one time and he's looking at our booth and, I said, you know, hey, how you doing? He goes, I'm good. Are you, are you going to make me rich like all those other guys are? I'm like, I'm not going to make you rich, but I can make you a little bit of money. He goes, well, how much? And I said, I think we can probably get you, you know, at that time, it was probably about a 10 multiple. He's like, well, let's talk. And 
he's a good friend now. <laughs> I mean, so I think I, I think there's a lot there. I mean, I think uh, you know, just being you know, being authentic, being realistic, but also yeah. you know, kind of uh, you know, un- understanding enough to you know, here's here's where I can fit into the picture. I'm not you know, I'm not going to tell you I can 200x. I mean, you know, if, if right. we, we blow out of the water, that's great. But let me let me get to where you know, what, let me tell you what I what I know I can deliver, and then yeah, the rest is gravy. You know, yeah. yeah. What what do you need? And if I can fit mm-hmm. into that, then great. If not, you know, hey, go talk to that guy over there because he can do this for you. Right, right. Yeah, there seems to be a lot of uh, sort of puffery and dance around that when it's just, you know, like you said, if, you know, do, do the pieces of the puzzle fit together? And if yeah. they don't, you know, uh, you know, as I think it's great that you mentioned, I mean, you know, that you guys are one of the options and and there's other, you know, there's going to be others in the room. Some, yeah. some investors are going to be the right fit, some won't. And, and that's sort of, you know, can be, for a number of different factors, right? Right, right. Because I mean, we're—I don't do oil and gas, but I like what you do. I'm like, we'll go talk to Fred because Fred does this and this. I'm like, okay, yeah, it's you know something we're looking for. Right. So we got we got one investor that um, has been with us for God. His mom came in, and then he came in, and we actually met them. We had an energy conference here in Houston um, in December, and we. We, they came in for it and uh, a guy that we know from the money show who's up in Dallas, who was a driller. Um, they started talking and um, um, he is going to be working. He went to, uh, he, he moved, he left school, went back to Idaho and then drove to, uh, to Dallas to work with Alan. Um, mm. So the guy that he met at our, at our event in, in December, in November, um, he's kept in contact with, and this, this kid just goes and finds everything he can. And, um, so he's like, I'm going to come work for you in the summer. He's like, bring it. So, so he's, he's up there now. That's awesome. I I love that. That's great. Um, I was going to ask you one more question and that just, it just left my brain as, as you were finishing that last statement, it just like, I saw to, something go up, but I couldn't read it when it went. Right. So. It just it flew out there. Um, if we, uh, yeah. Uh, no, so I, I guess uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit here for a second. It's going to come to me. I'm talking about the money show. We're talking about uh, uh, what's good for you. What's good for, you know, introducing people to other, pl- other places. Um, I don't know. That, that happens to me. If uh, for anyone watching the podcast, if you, you know that that you know, like that's that's not the first time. That won't be the last time that's happened. It <laughs> happens pretty regularly on the other show. So you know, hey, but, you know, uh, sometimes it uh, sometimes it sounds really good up here, but then when you try to you know put it out, there's there's a glitch in the matrix, and, and mm-hmm. you, know, you just got to kind of roll with it. But uh, uh, Bart, I really appreciate you taking the time and, and hopping on with us today. Um, you know, before we before we log off and uh, sign off for the day, is there anything else that uh, you want to share with us? Any any final comments, final thoughts, or, and then, uh, uh, you definitely want you to follow up with how people can find you and find out a little bit more about SGR as well. Um, thanks for the opportunity. It's good to talk to you. Um, Absolutely. we've known each, we've known each other outside of here for a couple of years, it seems, um, probably got to connect and talk. So that was cool. And, um, uh, anybody that's looking for a relatively safe investment in a private company, um, shares are going to go up 10% in the next 12 days. Um, so if you're interested, B-A-R-T at sgrenergy.com, 832-241-2189 is my desk. Um, give me a buzz. If it uh, goes to voicemail, please leave me a message. I'll get back to you as fast as I can. 
and keep following Ben on his podcast. It's something I get to do a little bit more now. And um, thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah. You know, I, um, I had forgotten or, or uh, was trying to remember, I guess I should say, um, the story of, of how we first met uh, and, and realized it was through uh, AJ, who, uh, you know, I, I tagged actually in the comments here, but she didn't, she didn't show up. I, I know I that too. she's busy. She's busy with a couple of, uh, with Twins. a couple of kiddos yeah. at home. Yeah. <laughs> so she, she's got her hands full, but, uh, but yeah, you know, and then uh, we, we were also mentioning that, you know, I'm actually invested in, in a, um, a venture uh, in uh, that's being run um, partly by, by some good friends uh-huh. of yours as well. Um, yep. Do you know Ron? Ron or or, or... I know Ian. Ian. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So, and then I don't think that we've well, talked probably about Ron that too because fair enough. Yeah. Um, I I don't know if we've talked about that venture on the podcast. I think that one's still a little bit under wraps. Uh, but at some point, as as we get to a little bit farther down the road, I'm looking forward to, to talking about that one. That that uh, that one's an exciting one. I, I don't know if Ian's gotten a chance to to fill you in a little bit on on the on the updates, but that's. Uh, there's some cool things happening over there. I don't, that's, cool. that's what I'll say. That's, I guess. that's an exciting, that venture was, I mean, I wish I would have had a bunch of money sitting around that I could have, I could have thrown it at him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, That's yeah, going to, so. that's going to save a whole lot of people, a whole lot of, it's going to save the world. <laughs> it's, it, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's something I've been saying to the people that I've talked to about it. You know, what I've said is it's one of those technologies that it may not work. And if it doesn't work, we're going to spend a lot of money figuring out it doesn't work, but if it uh-huh. does work, this it's, it's yeah. game changing and, and yes. it's, you know, it's, it's, it's another story. So right. I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to, to continuing down that road and see, seeing what we've got here. But, uh, um, was like, like I said, uh, Bart, really appreciate uh, you taking the time. Uh, at some point we'd love to have you back on, uh, give us an update, update on you know, where you guys are at and, and kind of the, uh, the, um, the, the uptick there. Cause I, I know that right now where we're at in the, in the market, you know, the, uh, there's not only is there a lot of things in motion and sort of different places we could go, but th- there's, there's a lot of, of money uh, available and a lot, you know, the, the market is sort of liquid. And so to see sort of how your market or how your sector, I should say, um, responds yeah. to this is going to be really interesting. Yeah. We've got, like I said, I think we got four or five joint ventures working that could all close in the next three or four months. And to go from, you know, $165 million crap a year last year to half a billion to billion and a half in 2023, over 2 billion in 24. And then who knows what's going to happen after that if if, uh, half of what we think is going to happen. It's going to be a good ride for us. It's going to make a whole lot of people with some good jobs and some, some good stuff for Houston area and other places too. Yeah, I mean that's the other thing. You know, um, uh, as the last thought, you know, I love the you know the it's a private company. You guys are looking to grow this organically. It's uh-huh. it's about the about the people. It's you know it, it really is you know the the what I think of as sort of the the good side. And I hesitate to say good side because I don't want to say there's a bad side, but the good side of the energy right. business yeah. of yeah. you know the good core people and, and something you can actually buy into. And, and like you said, I mean, I love the fact that you gave your direct line uh, you know on the podcast and people can reach out to you and, and talk through the through the thesis with you and. Sure. and, and like you said, see, see if it fits. So uh, looking forward to, to following up. Um, and uh, with that, I guess we're going we're gonna to go ahead and sign off. Appreciate the time. Thanks, guys. All right. And that is a wrap. I am your host, Ben Samuels. This has been another episode of Coffee and Liquidity. Appreciate the support. Appreciate you guys showing up. Go ahead and check out alderonventures.com for more information about what we've got going on and future episode releases. Thanks, guys.